That sounded like all my test scores for my first semester at the University of Idaho. <laughs> the Harvard of the Northwest, though. It is the Harvard how, of the Northwest. How I remained eligible is still a, uh, there's still a, there's still a big uh, question there. Welcome into another episode of The Chop Shop. I'm Trey Wingo here alongside my good buddy, Mark Schlereth. Here in The Chop Shop, we're partnering once again with our friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome into another version of The Chop Shop. Trey Wingo here with my good friend and longtime colleague at another place we used to work together, but we're much happier now, uh, Mark Schlereth. Stinky McBean, did you have a good uh, Thanksgiving? We had a great Thanksgiving. How about yourself, Trey? Very good, very low-key, but uh, very very nice. I, I do have to ask before we get into any of the games, do you have to pay state income tax in New Jersey now? Because it feels like every time I turn on my TV, you and Adam are calling a game from MetLife Stadium. Yes, it does feel that way, doesn't it? I think I've been <laughs> at MetLife four times this year, for crying out loud. I'm like, what did I do to deserve to get to the Giants four times in a row? Uh, but no, this, this weekend, this, I mean, I've got a chance to have some more giants games down the road, but this weekend I'm in Chicago for, uh, Arizona at the bears. So that's a little change of pace for me. Right. So you're going from the offensive disaster of the giants to the bears. All right. You're going to see some more points. Yes. More points for my man's stake. All right. Let's, let's eschew giant and uh, bear conversation for a second here. And let's talk about, uh, it's December or yeah, it's December. And look, look, lo and behold, Mark, who has a six-game winning streak? Who's in first place in the AFC East? It's Bill Belichick and those New England Patriots. They are on an unholy roll right now. Yeah, they really are. And think about how this whole season started, right? They uh, they had Cam Newton, the guy that was going to save Carolina, who got benched last week in Carolina. They had yeah. Cam Newton. He comes down with COVID in camp. They go on a on a on a trip they go to play the Giants like these one of these joint scrimmages yep. and at one point the report is that uh Squishy Mac Mac Jones um has I like to call him Squishy Mac based yeah. on well that he looks squishy squishy but yeah but he goes on this like he, he completes 40 balls in a row and they're like hey wait a minute why are we just not going you're our quarterback and they go, all right, well, you know what? Hey, Cam, it was really great having you here for this time, but yeah. you no longer work here. It was like Milton from Office Space. They shoved him down to the stairwell and moved <laughs> all his boxes and staplers, right? They, I mean, that, that's what they did. And, and so Matt Jones has just been absolutely amazing through this process. And what they're doing here right now, I've, I've always said this about the Patriots and Bill Belichick, his teams are so smart. They're so situationally aware. Um, they, they really, they really just know what they're good at, what they want to do and and what you're not good at and how they want to expose you. And when you sit down and you talk to Bill Belichick, it really becomes more about, Hey, listen, 
what we're going to do is put you in a position to make a mistake. And we're going to make less mistakes than you. And that's how we're going to win football games. Yeah, we'll make some plays along the way, but we really just won't lose a game. We'll let you lose the game. I, Thank you know, you. as simplistic as that sounds, I think it's the brilliance of Bill Belichick. Trey, it's just, I'm going to put you in a position and you're going to lose the game. We won't. Listen, he said this a million times. More games are lost than won, and he just doesn't want to make the big mistake. And when we're talking about Squishy Mac, Mac Jones, by the way, he clearly has a type. Go look at Tom Brady coming out of college and look at Mac Jones' body coming out of college. The best thing you can say about Mac this year is he's understood the assignment, right? Like the Patriots have said, hey, listen, this is what we want you to do. But maybe more importantly, this is what we don't want you to do. And don't do those things. And there were some rocky periods over the first uh, few months of the season, but he has completely understood the assignment. He's completely understood what they want from him and what they don't want from him. And I think you, you can't overestimate that. And it certainly helps Mac that it's Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Look, Josh is never going to get another head coaching job. I don't think so, unless he takes over when Belichick leaves, if he ever leaves New England because of the way it went in Denver and also the way he sort of left Indianapolis high and dry and retreated back to New England at the last second. But that doesn't mean he isn't a brilliant offensive mind. And the way he's putting things on Mac Jones's plate and not putting things on Mac Jones's plate has been really a master class in offensive coaching. It it truly has. The other thing is, Mac Jones just has an insatiable appetite for knowledge. And, you know, we, we've had the opportunity over the years to work with a bunch of guys that play for the Patriots. And they put a premium on guys that play the game above the neck that might yep. not be the greatest athletes or the greatest, you know, that they may not have that. Like a lot of people go to the combine and they recruit or they, they try to sign um, and draft uh the athletic triangle, right? Height, weight, and yeah. speed. Where New England goes, man, I want it I want it above the neck. Give me an above-the-neck player, and I'll worry about the athleticism later. And Mac Jones is exactly that. And one thing that both Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick told me earlier in the year is there is nothing that he doesn't know come game time. But he, he knows this game plan and that opponent inside and out, and – Basically, give him autonomy at the line of scrimmage. Keep us out of bad plays, Mac. And as a rookie, you just don't ever see that from a, from a rookie. So it's amazing what he's been able to do, and 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 just the faith that they placed in him to be able to operate that way. Well, just before we move on, just going to throw this out there. Uh, like we said, they're on a six game winning streak, so that means the Patriots went undefeated in November. Uh, that's the sixth time under Bill Belichick's career. Uh, that the team has gone undefeated in November, 03, 04, 07, 2012, and 2017. Why do I bring up those years? Four of the previous times that Bill Belichick's team has gone on uh, to go through a November undefeated, uh, they went on to a Super Bowl in four of those five seasons. So mm-hmm. just keep that in the back of your mind as we continue to matriculate towards the end of the season. Mark, the AFC could not be more wide open. And look, the Ravens are still the number one seed. Tennessee fell out of that after the loss on Sunday to New England. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's played five really bad games in a row. And and suddenly no one's complaining about uh, uh, him. We'll get to that in a minute. The point being, the the thing I'm making here is that there are 12 teams in the AFC right now that are 500 or better. 12 teams after week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, Last time that happened was 2002. 
we are looking at a wide, wide open race with what's going on in the AFC right now. Yeah, you know, you talked about it with with Tennessee, the way they've fallen apart with the Baltimore Ravens, where they're winning games, but how they're winning them. I mean, they barely win one against Chicago, albeit with a backup quarterback. They barely win against Cleveland. Um, They haven't played that well offensively or defensively. It's a hodgepodge, the running back position. They're a completely different team than they've been in the past. Matt Judon has gone over to New England. He's rushing the passer. They don't really have that kind of dominant presence on the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. And and somehow John Harbaugh is keeping them in first place. Um, Great job of coaching there. But you're right. Like To me, Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. And I'm not going to be surprised. They're seven and four right now. I'm not going to be surprised when all of a sudden the season ends and they're 13 and four in the number one seed in football. You know, I I just, I think that's going to happen. They seem to have their, their defense figured out, but you're right. The rest of the, the rest of the, the AFC is wide open. And I honestly don't know who's good and who's bad because it's so like one minute that the Denver Broncos are dominating the chargers they're dominating the Cowboys. The next minute, they're just laying an egg to Philly. Like the, the Tennessee Titans are, you know, a dominant team, and then all of a sudden, they're not a dominant team. Uh, it, it, it is crazy. It, is, it makes it fun to watch, though. That's for sure. It certainly does. And to your point, like with the win Sunday, Denver has the exact same record as the Chargers. Do we think they're the same team? I don't think so. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely insane. Here's what we do know. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Uh, you know... Uh, I, by the way, I thought that game changed dramatically on one sequence. The, the Colts were up 10 points early in the third quarter and were moving the ball. Shaq Barrett comes off the edge, gets a strip sack. That stops that drive, changes the momentum. They get points on the board, and suddenly it's a tie game late, and Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, leading them down to a game-winning drive. And you know, as this was unfolding – after Jonathan Taylor had gone down there and scored and, and, and made it a tie game, I'm like, that's eh, too much time on the clock and all we need is a field goal. I've seen this play before. I know how this ends. Right. You know what? I think more now than ever, and this has been a trend, I don't know, last five plus years, that the, the double up, you know, the halftime, defer the opening kickoff, try to get the last possession of the first half, score, then double up and – and I've told you this before, um, talking to a team, it's as much an indicator if you possess the ball at the end of the first half, yep. just possess it. You don't even have to score. Just own the ball at the end of the first half, go into halftime with possession of the ball and come out and get the second half possession. That is as much as a, a, that is as much an indicator, being able to do that as, as winning the turnover battle. Which yeah. sounds insane to me, but it's accurate. But you've seen how you've seen how teams have operated at the end of the first half and have operated at the end of the game. I don't think there's ever been more like emphasis on how you end it, how you possess it, the time on the clock, the way coaches are calling games at the end of the first half and at the end of the game because there is no lead safe. I mean, every possess or every game comes down to a one possession game essentially, just about in the NFL. And if you leave a minute on the clock and you're facing Tom Brady or any of these other guys, like last night's that the Monday night game, you leave a minute on the clock and Seattle hasn't done anything the entire game the on offense. The entire game. The they entire game. And you drive down and they score a touchdown. It's uh, Russell Wilson to Freddie Swain down the middle on a cover two with a busted coverage. And the next thing you know, 
you're lining up for two-point conversion to tie that damn thing up. You don't get it done. But that's how these games just that, – that's how they unfold every single week. You know what I also find interesting, especially this year, or, or actually every year, what narratives we select or some people select on their platforms to make the big stories. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was broken and he was mm-hmm. terrible? Yeah. Uh, and the, the Chiefs offense was supposed to run when they were passing and they should be passing when they, they couldn't figure anything out? Well – that was because of three bad games, right? Because the first six games, they were on cruise control, putting up more numbers than they did uh, in their two Super Bowl seasons, but they just had some turnover issues. So they had three bad games in a row, and people thought the world was ending. I was hopeful because I live in Denver, so I was really hoping that that Patrick Mahomes was a bust and uh, and the, 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 the decade of dominance was already over in year four, but uh, apparently no. it's not, and uh, that, that hurts a little bit deep inside. The reason why I bring that up, mm-hmm. I want to and now listen, there's no there's no perfect metric to talk about a quarterback, right? Passer right. rating is this ridiculous 158 point something number. That's insane. ESPN, when we were working there, came up with something called QBR, which I think is better because it's on a, on a more understandable scale of zero to 100. There's still some issues I have with it, but it's an indicator on a zero to 100 scale of how the quarterback is playing. I'm going to list the QBR. In the last five games for Lamar Jackson, zero to 100, okay? 100 being really good, zero being really bad. 52.9, 45.7, 42.3, 35.8, and Sunday night, 25. How come no one is saying, and by the way, I don't think we should, how come no one's saying Lamar's broken or the league has figured out the Ravens offense or all of that stuff? It is funny to me how we choose to put this on somebody for three games, but somebody goes through five games literally playing average to crappy, and suddenly no one is talking about that as being an issue. Yeah. I, I, matter of fact, that sounded like all my test scores for my first semester <laughs> at the University of Idaho. <laughs> It's the Harvard of the Northwest, though. It is the Harvard how, of the Northwest. How I remained eligible is still a uh, there's still a there's still a big question there. Um, yeah, I mean, offensively, first and foremost, you know, we can sit there and talk about Lamar and his progression as a passer and all that they do, but the bottom line, you know as well as I do, that team is predicated on being able to run the football. Yep. They have lost their running backs. They have just got Nick Boyle back, who's a great blocking tight end. Correct. Um, they've used Ricard as a kind of an extra offensive tackle in the passing game. But their whole thing was, we cram it down your throat. There is no down and distance that we won't run it on. Third down and six is a running game or, or running play. And ultimately, what we do is we force you into some man-to-man coverage situations, and then we exploit you on the seams or the shallow crossing routes to our tight ends. Um, and, and they're easy throws. Now you're facing so much more zone because you're not running the ball as well. You've got to make these layered throws. And let's face it, they just have been, they haven't been in sync on that. And when you watch them on film trade, they probably throw more seven step drops, deep route combinations than any team I watch in football. Everything is underneath for every other team. There, let's make seven-man protections, two three-man routes, and let's push the ball down the football field. Um, it's great when you're getting man-to-man because, you know, your guys have to – they've got to defend the run, and all of a sudden you get a guy over the top, and they're easy throws because 
there is no safety help over the top. But that's not what they're facing right now. And and, and Lamar is struggling in those situations. And and let's face it, they're just not they're not designed to win that way. And so yeah. we can sit there and say, hey, Lamar is is improved. He certainly has improved. Lamar is a really good player. But he hasn't improved to the point where, hey, Lamar, let's just throw it on your shoulders and you go throw us, you go throw us to victory. That's not how this team is built. Seven touchdowns and nine interceptions over that five-game streak, including four on Sunday night. So a lot to clean up there if they want to still be the number one seed in the AFC. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about something that everyone thinks is just a science that you take in school, but it's also really important in football. We'll get to that next on The Chop Shop. No two dreams are the same, but there is one van equipped to handle them all. For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way because those who find their passion drive their passion. So you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. All right, back with uh, Mark Schlereth on Week 12 of the Chop Shop as we continue to break down what we saw. And obviously, we're brought to you by our friends at Mercedes. And, uh, you know, the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans is helping you find your dreams again. And the Rams would like to find their dreams again, but Green Bay stole them with what happened in a third straight loss now for Sean McVay and company. And you know what the dream matchup is in the NFL this year, Mark? And it's impossible to me. Aaron Rodgers has one good receiver. And he's a really good receiver. Devontae Adams. Valdez, Scantling, Equinemius, St. Brown, whoever, they're all fine. They're whatever. They got one guy that can beat you. And every week he finds a way to beat you. <laughs> he is so damn good. It's crazy. And, and he and Rogers are so damn good together. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, they do such a good job on, like, on first and second down, Aaron Rodgers will tell you, yeah, I'll let, I'll let scheme dictate. Right, I, I like I'm gonna go where the scheme dictates. I go on third down or in critical situations. You know where I'm going? I'm going to number one seven. I'm gonna <laughs> find that dude, and I don't care if he's double covered. I mean, they have the like this like they went to the University of Narnia together. Right, this connection <laughs> that they are just on the same page, and with the back shoulder fades and and like not Adams can not only um, can he can run and he and he can beat you over the top, but he's got such good body presence and he's so big, like they are just so connected and they're gonna find a way to get you even if you double cover the guy. That double covered, he's still open. I mean, yeah. that's that's what they do. And so Aaron has such confidence in him and he has such a good sense of what Aaron is thinking on those critical downs and critical situations that those guys are just. They're otherworldly when it comes to throwing the ball, and um, and that's really what it comes down to. And they have such such trust and belief in one another. They're just going to make a play, and that's what they do. Well, speaking of trust and belief, we don't have that with the Rams anymore. They have lost three games in a row since they made the splash signings for Von Miller and then uh, getting Odell Beckham Jr. And you know, everyone likes to talk about chemistry as. You know, people say, oh, that's ridiculous. It's not part of football. No, it is. But we just talked about it with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Their chemistry works. And right now the Rams' chemistry is broken. And you just wonder how much of it is adding new players, how much of it is the loss of Robert Woods. But whatever their collective funk was, it stinks right now. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because Sean McVay has explained this to me. He's he he always calls his offense the illusion of spread. Hey, we play everything out of three wides, but we're gonna cram it down your throat. And their wide receiver coach is my dear friend and my college teammate, Eric Yarber. And so I'm doing a game earlier this year and just asked him about each one it of was his the Rams receivers. Giants because you know you do the Giants games. Right. So I prefer to think I was doing the Rams game. But anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, I digress. Um, and I just gave, hey, man, give me, give me something on your, uh, you know, your receiving core. And so, um, you know, we call them the Yarbinators. And yep. you explained each guy and kind of what every guy does. And, and it was really cool. We built a, you know, we built a graphic for it. And it was fun and it was a good time. But the bottom line was um, he called Robert Woods uh, TMC is the nickname. And it stands for the most complete Oh, he's so good. And he is just good at everything, whether it's getting you over the top, whether it's, you know, settling down in zones, whether it's blocking the edge on the front side or blocking the edge on the backside. He's just a complete and total football player. And there is nothing that he can't do. And you mess with that chemistry. You mess with that ability. Um, and and there's something to it. There's no question there's something to it. They thought that Von Miller was going to come in there and be so productive opposite of Aaron Donald, that hasn't that hasn't panned out yet either. I mean, it just is. I'm 100% with you. Sometimes, um, sometimes it's not about talent. Sometimes it's about what you're willing to do for one another, the way you're willing to play for one another, the sacrifices and the dirty work that you're willing to do for one another. And they've got some serious issues going on right now because they're broken. They just yeah. don't have that same mojo, that same rhythm. And you hope for the Rams, they figure it out. You hope because, you know, I want to see Matthew Stafford go deep into the playoffs. I want to see that after coming from Detroit and what the, the debacle, sorry, Turk, uh, the debacle yeah. that the Detroit Lions are. He's lived it for years. He knows. Yeah. Turk's our producer who's a Lions fan, which is just like saying, I enjoy pain. The other problem for the Rams is they've lost three in a row for only the second time under Sean McVay is that the Niners – are beginning to look like the Niners again. However, a massive loss for a couple of weeks now with that groin injury to Debo Samuel. I, I know you're going to speak to scheme and all that kind of stuff. So just so people understand what's potentially missing now for, for uh, the 49ers. Three players in NFL history have ever had 1,000 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns in a single season. Debo has done that in 11 games, and now he's going to miss some time. Yeah, he is, um, as, as Kyle Shanahan told me, he's a fullback that plays wide receiver. He, he's just got fullback body, fullback skills, this uh, run you over. He's a he's just a weapon offensively. And and I think, you know, in an honest moment, he would tell you, they would tell you, hey, man, he's not the best route runner, the most polished route runner. He's not he's not Devontae Adams. Hey, let's line up. I'm just going to beat you one on one. He relies on Kyle Shanahan calling plays for him, running it out of the backfield all the just misdirection stuff they run, all the play action stuff they run, um, competitive at the point of attack with the ball, great strong hands. He's just, he's a nightmare for people. And I, I tell you what, this kills them because I said this, I think three or four weeks ago, don't be surprised when the Niners, um, you know, when I think I said eight of their last nine games or seven of their last eight games, don't be surprised when they're competing for the division title 
come the end of the season. This really hurts. Also, Fred Warner, I believe, is going to miss some time. So yep. this this really hurts them. Um, they're running the ball exceptionally well, but they don't have another guy that can do what Debo does. I know that Ayuk has stepped up occasionally when he's Debo's well. been out. And, and he's played really well lately, but he stepped up in that Debo role. But he's not the same as the. He's not built the same. There's nobody built like Debo that plays wide receiver in the National Football League other than Debo. So I tell you what, this is this is a big, big time blow for the 49ers in their offense. It is funny. We're rounding into December, and you always think, okay, we're in the we're the home stretch of the season. Not really. Like we have six. Most teams have six, five games left to play. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's a sizable chunk of the season uh, still ahead of us here, and the Niners are at six and five. So it brings me to this question, right? Because I, I just I'm looking over uh, outside of Green Bay, who looks like they're in good shape at nine and three, and Arizona is nine and two, and they played well without Kyler Murray winning a couple of games. How many nine and eight teams do you think are making the postseason? Because San Francisco is probably going to be 10 and 7, 9 and 8. The Colts are probably going to be 9 and 8, 10 and 7. The Chargers could be 9 and 8, 10 and 7. I mean, there's so many teams that maybe one game over 500 and find their way into the postseason. It's nuts this year. Yeah, it, it truly is. Uh, I have, I one time, my rookie year, as a matter of fact, with Washington went 10 and six and missed the playoffs with 10 yeah. wins. Yeah. And you may have, you may have teams at 10 and seven, or like you said, nine and eight sneaking into that seventh spot in the playoff. I mean, it, it is, it's, you know, it's exactly what they wanted, right? Parody. It's exactly yeah. what the NFL wanted. They, they're just better than us. They're better than everybody else at figuring this thing out because it just, it's a, every weekend is, it's a compelling watch. It's the biggest soap opera on television. It is controlled chaos each and every week, and that is, in essence, why we love it. So that's why we do this. That's why we do what we do. We break it down, and we'll see what happens this week. Hey, good news for you. You don't have to watch the Giants' offense. Bad news for you. You have to watch the Bears' offense this week. Yeah, I. Uh, that is – that. well, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe they'll get Justin Fields back, or maybe it's just the red rifle, you know? Yeah. Either, either way – you know, we're probably looking at 13 points <laughs> somewhere in there. Get some good stories. Get yes. some good stories. Yes, indeed. All right, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Trey. Take care, buddy.